everybody, welcome to Real and Random. I'm Drex and... I'm Crystal. And uh, today we've got a, a really, really fun one. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But first things first, how's your week going, Crystal? Uh, a bitch is tired, honestly. <laughs> I'm fucking tired. Uh, I've been crying a lot, but that's not really different. Um, but I'm tired. But I guess... I'm grateful. I'm alive. All is well. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's good. Yeah, I'm tired too. It, it, it's been a long week and it's just started. Like, it's like, because uh, for everybody listening, for us, it's Tuesday. So things could change by Friday. The world could be on fire more on Friday. But for us, it's just Tuesday. Last week was the DNC. This week is the RNC, and oh my God, Crystal, you are missing out on prime time television. It is so crazy. Like, Listen, I just watched Idiocracy a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Why that movie is highly problematic. Oh, yeah. Highly. I feel like I'm living in it right now. <laughs> like, so, you know, if I want to see the RNC, I'll just watch Idiocracy again. And I think I'll have a synopsis of what's being what's happening. It's basically that. Like it's really that. Um, I would say the most notable speakers last night uh, was Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, who just yelled her whole speech. Mm. Mind you, it's a room full of no people. It's a giant room, no people. And everybody else is walking up to the podium like, when I realized that I was under attack was when I was born and realized I wasn't black and therefore with all my privilege in life, like I knew someone was gonna attack, like it's just weird. And she came out just like, and if you guys love our president, and just like yelling. And then uh, Donald Trump Jr. came out and it looked like he was on cocaine. So everybody was talking about that last night. Mm. And then they were just throwing like all of these, quips and everything at Joe Biden. Like they were calling him a Marxist. Uh, One guy got on stage, or was it a lady, got on stage and said, uh, this room is as empty as Joe Biden's schedule. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Like, what? What is this? About four years ago, I had a lot to say. Yeah? Yeah. Like every, every, every time that party was brought up and that person was brought up. It it was a lot of things I had to say. And, you know, frankly, I'm I'm just very tired. Mm -hmm. And they're not even at the top of my list. You know, it's just when you're fighting for equality and peace and when you're tired of seeing the lynching of Black people, um, and the anxiety of raising a little black boy Mm -hmm. and knowing that even when you do everything right, all it takes is one wrong person with a gun and possibly a badge um, and everything is is instantly changed. Mm -hmm. So I don't have time to be listening to them, ca- them Caucasians 
spout a bunch of lies and nonsense. I just don't have time. If I want nonsense and entertainment, I could just turn on reality television. And that gives me way more enjoyment. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Love and Hip Hop Atlanta lately? I know they got a brand new cast of bitches. And I know that hilarity and insanity will ensue. Now, I just need to figure out what time I need to log in and, and check it out. What's right. up with Rashida and Kirk? That's that's what I would be watching rather than the RNC. Well, see, for me, oh. it's like, I don't care to, it's not that I want to watch it, right? It's more so that I, I want to see the faces of the people who want me dead. Does that make sense? Like, I, I like to, I like to know what they look like. I like to know exactly how they feel. I'm really, I have um, uh, like a betting pot mentally going on to see who slips up and says the N-word first or, you know, things like that. Because I'm surprised that nobody got Donald saying it yet. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I'm pretty sure they're trying so hard. They're not even, well, they're trying so hard to veil everything and just dog whistle, even though everything that they're saying is hella racist. Like mm-hmm. one guy, he kept saying American, but the, like, and then like kept saying they, they are trying to destroy my America and our American dream. And they don't want me to live my American life and have my freedom of speech and like to be able to do what I do. And then the worst part about it was they got the couple who brought the guns out on the black. I didn't see that clip. I didn't yeah. See that. And they were like, and that that um, lady, she looked us in our eye and said, uh, this is the revolution. And we realized at that moment that Donald Trump was going to be the only one to protect us if we needed to protect our pride. And I was like, oh, it's not like she said something crazy. She said, this is the revolution. And all of a sudden, you're, like, you're ready to cry. Like, shut up. It's not that deep. It's not that serious. Like you protected your mansion from people going, uh, hey, I'm tired of people who look like me being shot by the police. And what's really crazy about that whole convention, which kind of rolls us into this week's thing, but we still have to do the, uh, the song quote of the week, is someone just got shot by the police on video the day before the the uh, convention. And rather than maybe someone stepping in and saying like, this is wrong or, um, or even, I would, I would even go as far as to say like, if this is their narrative of defending the police, then I want you guys to tell me what went wrong in this video for you guys to defend the police in this. Like, no, instead they were just like, they want, they are the mobs. They are trying to stop our, law enforcement or whatever from living happy, healthy lives and police officers have families too. It was just a whole thing. And like, just made me want to punch the wall and TV and the air like Cuba Gooding Jr. And in that one movie, Boys in the Hood, that was Boys in the Hood where he just walked in and started punching all the air and cried. Yeah. Yeah, that's Um, that's what the whole thing made me want to do is just punch the air and cry. It's... uh... Yeah, that's how I feel a lot. <laughs> it's it's interesting because you know a, a change has to come eventually. A sooner, better than later. I would like to see it in my lifetime. I don't know if that's possible, but there 
perspective of whatever it is that we're trying to do Mm -hmm. uh, is really just very basic stuff. Uh, And I don't know if they think that we're trying to flip the switch to where we're the oppressor, but I think more than often, hell, always we've shown that we're not that type of people. Yeah. We, we aren't the type to, to overthrow, to kill senselessly, to, to colonize, to rip cultures from. We are not that. What we simply want is what every human being deserves. And that is just peace and equality Uh to to be able to exist, to not have anxiety when you leave your house that, you know, you have to live by, I don't even think white people live by the letter of the law, the the stuff that they be, they just reckless with it, you know, get drunk, punch a cop in the face, uh, talk back, just all sorts of stuff, just no manner of respect at all. Uh We could be doing nothing yeah and still die yeah and that's what we're trying to just we just we don't want to be able to say fuck you pig we don't want to do that right we don't want to be able to have our favorite team win and then burn everything in the street we don't want to be able to like we don't want to get pulled over and give them an attitude and decide we're going to exercise our fir- our American right and punch you in the face. We're not trying to do any of that. We're just trying to make it home. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And that's not even equality all the way. That's just saying, hey, don't kill us. Yeah. All we, tra- we haven't even gotten to the systematic oppression and redlining and being able to access loans. We, the base, the starting point is please stop killing us. Yeah. For no reason, when our backs are turned, when we're unarmed, when we're playing on the playground, when we're eating ice cream in our own fucking apartment, when we're sleeping in our beds, when we're getting pulled over for a routine traffic ticket and just peacefully smoking a cigarette because a bitch is stressed. Yeah. Because we're bipolar. But just 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 anything. Please just please stop. That is that is all we're trying to accomplish. Oh, yeah. And what I'm hearing at every, at, at the RNC, at somebody arguing with you on Twitter, at some person endorsing Donald Trump because we want to keep America the way it is, all I'm hearing is I want to be able to kill a nigga any day of the week. And I don't want nobody to say shit to me because I'm white and I should be able to kill blacks. That's all I hear. And, and you made a really, really great point where you're like, hey, the basic, the baseline right now is just stop killing us. So we can't even get to the red line. It's not even the base. You're a public servant. Quality, any of it. Protect and serve. You started out as a slave catcher. Now you're supposed to protect and serve. Can we just get a little? But, but the thing is, it is protecting and serving. It's just not us that they are. It, they're they're protecting and serving white people and property because that is that is what they were initially intended to do. So that is what is frustrating about all of that. Um, so here's what we'll do. Um, we are going to bring that into a song quote. Okay. What do you think would be a good song quote for this week? Listen, brother, you and your overalls, you pick it. Ooh, all falls down. 
I don't Ooh. like that. No, huh? pick another one. You don't like Kanye. You're a hater. That's that's not what I said. I just said pick another one. I think okay. I think you know we were just talking about coonery. I just think there's some other some other things that we can you know pull from in our vast uh, selection of, of rappers and 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 rap 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 well, we, we can do Lauren Hill mystery of iniquity, and then she has this line that says, "When it all all falls down." <laughs> yep, there we go. Boom. There we go. We oh. found a way. Boom. Found a way to do a Kanye line. Shut up. <laughs> Don't do right. it. So our song quote of the week uh, comes from Lauren Hill's Mystery of Iniquity, uh, live from her Unplugged concert, which was actually not a bad album, but not a great album. It was very unfinished. But the quote is... Uh, just like a black man, just just down in a black woman. First of all, I love Erica Badu and I love Lauren Hill for other reasons. But like, <laughs> like I'm not dogging Lauren Hill's album. I, what I am dogging is the fact that she don't show up to her concerts all the time. That's but you gonna give Kanye just so you know you know that's a good show. Does he show? Up we were just talking about. And he gives you he gives you a two and a half hour rant. That is mm-hmm. a dinner and a movie about, about his love for Donald Trump and how Harriet Tubman worked with the whites. To, to get the slaves to other whites and okay. how slavery was a choice. Okay. okay. If we gonna we gonna throw out some quotes. Let's let's throw out all the quotes now. <laughs> let's give the man his flowers while he's still here. He be he be saying some shit. I will say, yeah, he's he be saying some problematic shit. And I wish he wouldn't say problematic shit. I would hope. Yeah. Lauren but- Hill could be late. You know why? She came out with that one album and it knocked everybody's goddamn socks off and she don't owe you niggas no time. I'm you don't owe anybody anything. But the, <laughs> if your chakra is not aligned, boo boo, take all the time you need, sweetheart. Because I ain't showing up to your concert because I likes my folks on time and a full show. You just gotta know better and be better. Like love Lauren from a distance and be like, you know what? I will be when you have a virtual show from your living room spontaneously at, at three a.m. Eastern Standard Time. A, a bitch will check in. Should I'll give you virtual- ten dollars. She'll do a virtual show from her living room in about 36 minutes of the show. It's just the shot of her living room and her showing up. <laughs> just, just, uh, yeah, no, I'm on my way. It's like, this is your house, Lauren. How are you on the way to your house? <laughs> your life. What are you doing? What you do, huh? Mm-hmm. But when it all, all falls down, what do you do when it all falls down? Ooh, what do I do? Well, I take a moment to cry really feel my feelings. I don't mind crying in the peace of my home. Ain't nobody here but me and my dog. And Hector's used to it. I'm a silent crier. He just looks up and tears just be rolling down my face and I just be sitting there and he'd be like, okay, the bitch is crying again. Let me go sniffer. Make sure that everything is in place. And then he goes and takes a nap. He's he's a great dog. So, (laughs) he's he's all the emotional support. All I need is a little bit of sniffing. Somebody recognized and I'm here, I have a pulse. Just a little sad right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I cry and then, you know, I write down what's happening. I, I journal about it and then I meditate. Mm-hmm. And I take a deep breath. And I'm like, you know what? This is what you have to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. You know, so would I like to use my time in other ways? Yes, but 
that's the reality that we have. And then I look up ways that I can help the people I can call. I have automatic emails going out for, you know, Breonna Taylor, for Elijah McClain. I have them things on repeat. I've got 10 different email accounts. I can email you from all of them, you know, at least three times a day. And I can call you at least three times a day. That's the least that I can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see who I can donate to. And that's, that's how I, I deal with it. And I'm never quiet about anything. And when people say, you know, if I have someone in my life that, you know, might say something ignorant, because it happens, we, we all have our um, Caucasian uh, cohorts mm-hmm. that, you know, might have their rose colored goggles on still, you know, and back, I think it was in May, uh, I just started going hiking again. But there was a period of time, and it wasn't that long ago, that they were just finding Black people hanging from trees and then being ruled as suicides. That was this year that people were hanging from trees. And it wasn't even in, you know, podunk little towns. It was in Los Angeles. It was in Texas and major cities. It was like, it was like uh, 10 blocks from my house. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was just like, you know, these aren't, you know, just little small rural areas that nobody's going to notice this. Like these are major cities. And I made a statement, like I, you know, I live in Atlanta and I didn't want to go hiking anymore. I was just like, I don't feel safe. And, you know, somebody was like, well, if you don't feel safe, you know, why don't you feel safe? You live in this city, you know, you don't have anything to fear. And they were Caucasian. And I said, wrong move. What you could have said is, hey, if you don't feel safe, me as a white male, I will come walk with you. If you really want to go to the woods that badly and you don't feel safe, I will make sure I'm there with you. Me and my, me and one of my other friends, like we'll go walking with you. Do you know what I'm saying? Until you don't have this anxiety anymore. Right. But what he just said, you have nothing to fear. And I said, you know, that's not true. Like, have you paid attention to the news? Have you seen what's happening? Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh yeah, that's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, because, but you're not going to get that. Right. You're just going to get when there's been a mass police shooting, you're not going to get all the other little stories that we have, not even little stories, but the things that we experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, because it's all compounded, right? Yeah. Yeah, the news story is unarmed Black person killed by police, but the the collective feeling is we're not safe. And if we're not safe, then that means the people I love are not safe. That means I'm not safe. That means that going outside for me, no matter what the the intention for me to be out and also being inside. That's the other part too, right? Because even with coronavirus, which was supposed to be the everybody disease, yeah. um, it was a stay inside, you'll be safe inside. But Rihanna Taylor was sleeping in bed, safe inside. So it's like, there's there's more and more layers to it all. And yeah, it, it it's all, fall, it feels like it's all falling down. Botham John was uh, eating ice cream. What? His apartment. Do, you don't remember that story? The someone eating ice cream in their apartment? Yeah. Uh, what his name was Botham John. You oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah. In Texas, yeah. He was eating, and the lady who lived a floor below him mistakenly, the cop mistaken that she thought it was her apartment and forced entry and then shot him. Yeah, I remember that. I remember so, that. you know. 
it's, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, we all have our ways of coping and dealing. Those are some of my ways, you know, I cry, I meditate, I journal, um, I donate, I call, I email, I do everything that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And then I binge watch anime. That's awesome. I, uh, I don't know if I've necessarily found my coping thing yet. For me, I think I cope by getting all the information, right? Mm-hmm. If I know everything about something, then there's nothing about it that can truly surprise me. Yeah. Um, but, or like when something goes down, cause like for me, I've had this like overarching cloud feeling that the worst is not here yet. Mm-hmm. And so, um, every time something happens on the news, I'm like, mm, this is, this isn't it. This isn't the moment. Okay. This is, and I thought George Floyd would have been the moment. I thought Breonna Taylor would have been the moment where we all go like, no, we need to solve this. We need to come together or burn it all down. And I think that with this, uh, this recent shooting, um, the thing that makes this one different. And Richard Brooks. And Richard Brooks. But the mm-hmm. one that makes this one different is that he lived. He's alive. And so maybe with an actual testimony of someone with a voice that can speak for themselves, maybe something happens. But also, if nothing does happen, I think that's going to be the moment where we go, you know what? Why burn it all? Burn it all. You know what I thought was going to be the moment? What? Tamir Rice. Yeah. I mean, he was 12. I mean, if you look at a picture of him and Emmett Till right next to each other, it's eerie. Yeah. It's sickens you. But here we have a young black boy simply playing outside. And that broke, that like literally, and it breaks me. And the fact that his mother is now running for, like she's still here and she's still functioning, that gives me hope. And I think of the countless mothers who have lost their children Uh and they are still here and they are fighting every day just for justice. Yeah for a change. And that's where I say, okay, you can cry, you can feel your feelings, but you have got to do something. Right. You've got to do something because there is a mom out there who is fighting right now and her child is already gone. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's, there's no, I'm going to get to hug you one more time. There's no, I, you know, I'm going to give you a stern talking to because you shouldn't have been there and you shouldn't like the parent, the talk we get with our parents when we come home too late, when we don't call them, like you and I have probably gotten that talk more than one time. And, you know, back then I used to just think, you know, my mama is tripping. It's not even that deep, but she's not tripping because there are so many things that could just happen to you on a daily basis that it's, That's why we have, that's why our parents had anxiety and fear. That's why we have that anxiety and fear. It's just like, because you don't know when your moment's going to be your last or when your child's moment's going to be their last. And then how will you survive that? How do, how do you? Like, that's that's the strongest thing in the world. A young thug does not know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I don't know. But, um, 
I think that brings us straight into the topic, actually. So let's, let's get into it. So this week's R word is reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why it is reputation is because, and we can do reputation for like, you know, for ourselves later on. But I think what's really, really telling about the word reputation in this particular instance with this particular conversation is that the first thing that happened with this very recent shooting regardless of the situation was that people said, well, he had a warrant out for his arrest and he's committed crimes before as a justification for why it was okay for the police to apprehend and shoot this person. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that this is a new thing or that this is the first time this has happened, but Mm -hmm. literally every single time a black person was shot, whether it be by the police or just a white male, the first thing that happens is people try to dig to see what they did wrong in the past to yeah. justify the current death of that person. And even when it is somebody whose death is so cut and dry, like Breonna Taylor's, the first thing that they did was like, well, she used to date a drug mule and he may have been near the house picking up a package that week. So I could understand why the cops would raid the And it's like, well, actually they got the wrong address they did not let people know that they were entering and they shot they, and, and if someone entered your house without letting you know that they're entering your house and you had a firearm isn't that what your firearm is for so why would you not shoot at the people who have entered your house without letting you know that they're entering your house and they were in plain clothes in plain clothes <laughs> and that's the part that everybody leaves out is like they did a no knock warrant i'm like they did a no knock warrant in plain clothes, yeah, no body cams, just busting up in the house. Falsified the report, said she had no injuries, but she's dead, and then she she never got medical attention until she mm-hmm. died. So, um, when when we talk about, and I know this is a heavy topic, but when we talk about police brutality and the victims of police brutality, uh, I think the thing that that really irks me the most is this idea that if you are a victim of police brutality, if you're not a perfect person, then your death is invalid. Yeah. I think that irks me because who is perfect? Nobody. I mean, if we look at uh, Dylan Roof, when he went into that church and killed all those innocent Black people, um, just doing what they do. And if if we look at our nation, one nation under God, And how everyone is, you know, the one common thing we have is who we love and worship. There should have been a lot of things said about you attending this church and then going back in there and killing all these innocent people. But they didn't paint him as some thug, some murderer, you know, some psychopath, just a lunatic out here. Who does that? Who What crazy ass white man goes up in the church and just kills a bunch of innocent people? And look at him. He looks malnourished. He has a a fucking bowl cut. Look at this ruffian. Look at this thug. No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. What what is the what is it always with the shooters? It's always well, you know, lone he was wolf. always a lone wolf. He was a sweet boy. Yep. He loved his video games. He was just quiet and super smart. Scores from the SATs and a 4.0 this and one time he left a he, he adopted a three-legged dog with a, a, a runny eye 
And, you know, that dog had three heart surgeries and he was, he was really not that bad of a guy. Right. You know? And so. Because if you spent your entire life and all of history humanizing terrible people. I mean, if we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the, the <laughs> history of humanity. And you, if you had to go like, I mean, yeah, he owned slaves, but he also wrote the Declaration of Independence. And yeah, he may have like, yeah, raped a lot of the, the, the women slaves, and, you know, and so many black people in the United States are related to him. But isn't it cool that, you know, he was such a cool, great founder of it? It's like, yeah, like, and Christopher Columbus inside. was an explorer. He was a man of the seas. Right. He went around and he explored and he just, he, you know, he got here. Yeah, there were people already, but he discovered this nation for America. Exactly. And it's like, no, baby, he, he literally just, just took land. I mean, he made friends with them and then he brought back his cavalry and everybody died. Now, let's just call a duck a duck and a goose a goose. And the thing is, if I can learn and understand what it is to be black in America at the age of five, then these precious, beautiful, lily white babies with their nice rosy red cheeks can understand the history of their people. But it's all in who tells you the, the history. Because when it comes to... I mean, the real history, not the lies that they falsify and put in books. Well, that's the thing. Like, even in the RNC, they were talking about, like, well, we're going to teach American exceptionalism, which... Cool! Yeah. They were like, we got to start teaching our kids American exceptionalism because America, on its worst day, is the greatest country in the world. And it's like... Uh, and then also there's the, the, the idea that they keep throwing out of... Uh, someone said this. He said... Um, in 2016, all of these people said that if Donald Trump wins, they would leave the country. And you know what? They're still here because this is the greatest country in the world. And they got a black man to say it. So, like, and a lot of people could not understand, like, the, the, like that they're being tokenized so hard. Pause. Uh-huh. I mean, I know you and I know this because we're not idiots. But it's not simple to just up and leave and move to another country just because you're an American citizen. Especially not now. But at any point, I mean, you could, but would you be able to get a job? Would you be able to provide for yourself? You know what I'm saying? And then it's like in certain places, you have to prove that you're worthy of the job because they will simply come back and say to you, and I used to work at a, a major technical company. We're not going to get into which one it is. Fruit tree, right? So you would think that with this on my resume and all these different locations around the world, it would be an easy transfer, mm-hmm. right? No, because they have people that are already qualified that work there that are exceptional at their job. Mm -hmm. So you would have to have the highest of highest metrics because you have to prove that you are an asset for them to allow you to come over and work temporarily. Mm -hmm. We're not even talking about permanently. We're talking about maybe six months to a year. Mm -hmm. 
you have to prove that you are better than somebody they can hire who already lives there. So don't give me the, well, you ain't left yet. Well, it would take a considerable amount to leave. Right. If it was easy, I don't think a lot of people would be here. Yeah, that and also, <laughs> who can afford to pick up and go anywhere right now? Well, not yeah. even, like, skip Corona. Who has the money, the time, the energy to move their life to anywhere else right now? We it, it, it And it's crazy that the idea that if you don't like it, leave rather than the if you don't like it then maybe the system is broken hasn't yeah. crossed people's mind and I, also i think that like even a lot of the things that they were saying last night they were saying things like well uh the uh what was it the incarceration rate for african americans is really high you know as a justification for like violent crimes and things like that and it was like but if you ask why, mm-hmm. it's not, oh, we need more police. It's we're being over-policed. Like, we're being over-policed, and then there are some people that are selling us into that system. So let's not just skip around what's really happening here, friends. Because they indicted a judge in Pennsylvania for this two years ago where he was literally overcharging um, youth and essentially selling them into jail systems. So let's not act like there aren't crooked policies. And that's the problem is, you know, it's really dangerous when you take these facts and just spit them out like it's truth without context, without full story. And if we want to get into uh, who does that the most, if we want to get into Kanye West, like, yes. Um, When you are working with abolitionists, if you're working with white people in a time of slavery and you're trying to get these black people to free them, would a white person have to say, this is my slave? I own this person. Yes, they would. They would. Uh-huh. So you can't just say wild shit without any context. Right. You have to be able to provide some backdrop, some story, some history, some facts to that. Um, and, and that's what a lot of them are doing. They yeah. would- it said crazy, then fact, then crazy, then fact. So then if you go, yeah, the fact was right, but the context was bad. Yeah. All they had to do was say, well, the fact is here. And that was the problem, I think, with a lot of it. But I think- If we go back, to the suburbs right now and just put a bunch of police over there, I'm pretty sure we can lock up a lot of white people. Basically. For I extortion, know. for money laundering, for drugs, uh, you know, all sorts of illegal drugs. Fraud, fraudulent things, yeah. uh, abuse, pedophilia, even tax sex trafficking, evasion. tax evasion. Like, yeah, if yeah. we want to just, if we want to really flip the tables, we can easily do that. Right. But because they say, because the narrative is, well, crime happens in poor communities or crime happens in black communities, then the, the cops that are in these suburban areas like Swanee, are just there to to make sure that they uh, give enough people tickets to keep every keep their doors open, and then uh, everybody else goes to black neighborhoods, and then just over polices black neighborhoods until uh, everyone's in basically in jail. And then they go like, "Well, are there not a bl- there are not enough black fathers in homes, and that's mm-hmm. why black kids are 
mess up. And, and then again, if you go into the why, why are there not enough? Well, maybe they're in jail. Okay, why are they in jail? Well, because, you know, they're criminals. And it's like, why are they criminals? Because you have a place. It, it's, it's very simple. People don't, don't want to go there. But I think if we're going to roll back into like the reputation part, right? Um, why do you believe, like, why do you think that is that they always try that rather than fixing it, they just try to blame the victim? Why do you feel that? Is? Um, I don't know. It's the American way. It's the American way. I mean, it just, it's, it's the way, I mean, it's patriarchy. It's, it's the way of, uh, I mean, if you want to talk about blaming the victim, let's look at this current events within ourselves right now with Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez. Uh-huh. It's just, it's always, um, instead of people just being like, yo, get this nigga out of here. He shot this girl in the foot. Uh-huh. The plain is simple. We see the foot. And then the, 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 the process to getting there, I shouldn't even have to see your foot. Uh-uh. The fact that I saw you in a bikini limping backwards. Blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. That's enough for me to go, okay, she's bleeding. There's only three other people in a car. Something happened. Somebody attacked you. Right. And, even and then it comes out that it was a concealed weapon in the car. Okay. Well, I know our best friend didn't shoot her. So that leaves these two other niggas. So I would like to know who done it. And the only other person would be Tori. And it shouldn't even have to be her coming out, people making jokes, people making memes, like it's a funny situation. Like we're still not fighting for Breonna Taylor. What is so funny about this black woman who was fucking shot? I would love to know where the hilarity is. Is it because she's still alive? Is it because she's a celebrity? Is it because she twerks? I would like to know what makes it so you can devalue her. Because it's 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 patriarchy. It's uh, it's all of that, right? And but if we're if we're bringing it full circle, like the reputation is, well, you know what? He is short, and she is taller than him, right? And you know, maybe she was fighting him and he had to defend himself or making up all these excuses. And so then she has to come online, cry about both her parents being dead. Then yeah. she has to show you her foot. She don't even have to do this. And then she finally just says, he did it. He shot me. We already knew that. But you had to come out and say he shot you. And he still has his money. He still has people defending him. You know, the jokes haven't stopped. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it is the way to dehumanize the victim so we can keep certain people in power and we can keep certain people around, right? It's not that big a deal, right? It's just how it's always been. And look, yeah, Black people are dying, but hey, you guys, you guys are CEOs now, Right? Some of you are millionaires. Some of you have your own networks. Like, if it was so bad, would you have these opportunities? You can't be a victim and eat. That's not going to work. You got to pick one. And and if, if you are a victim, right, then it's your fault. And if you ate, then it's also your fault. You know what I mean? Like, if you mm-hmm. ate, it's like, well, 
this person can pull himself up by his bootstraps. Yeah. Never mind all the white people who put him there, but this one man can pull himself up by his bootstraps. Look at look at that ruffian Jay-Z. Look at where he came from and now look at him, okay? Right. Now you can do it too. Exactly. Figure it so put now, on your you die along the way. <laughs> put your <laughs> tap shoes together and get out here and dance for us so we can we can pull you up by your bootstrap. It's, it's dumb. It's ridiculous. And I think that's where my big theory is that like, heaven forbid something were to happen. They go, Drex did this at his, this point in his life. And that is why there is justification for this. Or if he had only done that, like, have I told you the story of the time uh, Dedrick and I almost got shot? No, sir, you have not. Yeah. So we got pulled over by the police two times in five minutes. Then, uh, you know, right when you cross over, uh, right, no, not when you cross over Moreland Avenue, but on Moreland Avenue, and you're crossing into Clayton County. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, you got that gas station where the cops always hang out, and then you, you know, you, you want to drive slow across that bridge right by 20 because people, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're we're driving and I'm in my 1999 Buick Saber and driving them home from a show one night and we get pulled over by the police because there's a headlight out. So, like, so one guy goes on one side of the car, the other guy goes on the other side of the car and like he's you know shining the lights in and he's like, what are you guys up to tonight? And we're like, oh, we're just, I'm just driving them home from the show, takes my license, whole nine yards. And he's like, oh, what do you guys do? We're like, we're comedians. And um, the guy looks at Dedrick's eyes and Dedrick's eyes are all red. So he's like, you've been smoking weed tonight? And Dedrick's like, no, my eyes just do this when I'm tired. It's, it's like a genetic thing. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so you guys are comedians, tell us a joke. Huh. So we're like, we're at a pullover trying to joke for our lives. So I tell a joke, it wasn't good. Dedrick t- tells a joke, it's better. So they go, hey, go ahead and get out of here. Like, just be safe. Have a good night. Y'all are funny. Gives me back my ID. I pull off. As I pull off, there's a traffic stop maybe two minutes ahead of me. And we go around the traffic you know, stop or whatever. And that officer from that stop pulls us over. So we're like, we're laughing at this point. We're like, oh, yeah, your guy just pulled us over like two minutes ago. It's the headlight. He goes, shut up. We're like, whoa. He was like, give me your ID. And I was like, okay, I give him my ID. He goes back to the car for like 10 minutes, he comes back and he was like, you have a class C license instead of a class D license. So you can't drive after midnight um, with that. So I'm gonna have to give you a ticket for that. And I said, no, because if you're above the age of 21, which I just turned 21, if you're above the age of 21, then that class uh, C license becomes a, a de facto class D license. Um, and I can drive after after midnight being over the age of 21. And he was like, where did you hear this? And I said, my, my dad's a cop. I have a couple officers in my family. Like, I know this law because I had this ID, you know? And he goes, um, I'm going to give you this ticket mm-hmm. for, for the thing. And I said, I'm not going to take that ticket. I'll take the, I'll take the ticket for the headlight all day long. My headlight is out. I will not take that ticket because I didn't do anything wrong. And you're giving me a ticket for something that you didn't even pull me over for. 
Yeah. You know? And then he, he like unholsters his gun and he said, it would be a real shame if you embarrass your dad on the news tomorrow, wouldn't it? So I go, you know what? Let me go ahead and take that ticket. You know what's crazy? What? Is you had every right to do that. But my instinct immediately is when he said, you have a class C and not a class D, my instinct would have been to go, okay. Right. I just would have went, okay. I would have said, okay. And then I would have let him write me a ticket and I would have drove off. Because there's been plenty of instances where I've been screamed at. Because mm-hmm. my dad bought a, um, he bought me a Ford Taurus. But he bought it from this uh, Jamaican dude who would buy them from junkyards or like t- if they would be totaled. Mm-hmm. And then he would fix them up and then sell them. So it took a while for the paperwork to come in. So I didn't have a tag for a while. Like it was like, crazy amount of time I didn't have a tag mm-hmm. and I was telling my dad I was like I can't drive around it said I was supposed to have my tag August 10th to September 1st like I don't have a car tag right. and I had all this paperwork in my glove I had my dash and just so much shit with that fucking car I get pulled over off Candler Road and it's broad daylight I pull over immediately into like a dental office park cop comes to my car my windows roll down. They come inside my car. They're screaming at me wow. about this tag. And I'm just, I'm just there, just wide-eyed, just like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then there's, give me your license. I, I already had it because I had my hand on the thing. I was like, it's right here in my hand. They were like, well, hand it to me. And I'm like, okay, okay. And so I hand it to them. They snatch it from me, go back to their car, chilling for 20 minutes, come back. They tell me they're giving me, um, you know, a, a fucking ticket because I don't have a tag and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. And that's all I did. Yeah. That's all I did. Because what my mom and dad told me is when the cops pull you over, you don't say anything. You say, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Right. You just quiet and you just nod and you say, okay. And you try to be polite as possible mm-hmm. and don't make eye contact. And that's what I was taught. No, I, I was taught. <laughs> it's just like, I like it, but that's the, that's the thing. Right. Like, that's how you are raised. Like you're raised to fear and just, just make it home. That's all you're trying to do is just make it out of that situation. But it's so frustrating to me. And I think the, the thing that makes it frustrating is I was also raised to never let anybody walk all over you and don't, and, and, and stand up to your bullies. You know what I mean? And especially if you're in the right. And in that moment, I, I learned two things when it comes to police. I can be right all I want to, and I will still be wrong. Yep. And my life still won't matter. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I learned is that the badge makes it legal for you to be a bully and no one there's no checks and balances as far as making sure that you don't go too far exactly and the the question that he asked was like do you want to end up on the news tomorrow but what they understood was was that 
one of us would be okay in that situation. One of us would have a full and, and happy life uh, outside of the jail. And the other one of us would be on the news and maybe a hashtag back in 2014. Mm. So it's just very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, should we end on a lighter note? <laughs> we did this because we had a whole conversation prior to this call that was completely opposite of what oh, yeah. happening right now. Oh, yeah. And I want to pick that conversation back up because that conversation was a wang dang doodle. But sure, let's let's end on a light note. I, I don't know where we're gonna go. That's so like you know what's crazy is I have a show in three hours. I got to tell these jokes. You and me both. I've been working on I've been working on some new stuff, and uh, I've been really really happy about it. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a weird idea. It's a it's an interesting idea. But if I can make it work, I'll make it work. Mm. I'm trying to uh, explain everything that's happening now by uh, with using everything that's happened between the time that Martin Luther King died to the 1992 riots. That okay. makes sense. Yes. Make, yeah. So that's that's what I'm working on. Is like, okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna talk about Breonna Taylor through Fred Hampton. I'm gonna talk about. Um, being a perfect victim through Martin Luther King's infidelity. I'm going to talk about like the policing through my own stories, you know, things like that. So we'll see. Okay. Should be good. I can't wait to um, see, hear things. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you'll probably hear some things soon. And then I, I still want to tape it in Atlanta, um, especially since like the clubs and stuff are open. Because if I'm going to, these outdoor shows are great, but the biggest problem with them is you can't hear the audience that well. Yeah. Like, you know that laughter is happening, but it's not as cacophonous as, like, a room full of people. Okay, SAT word. <laughs> Ooh, cacophonous. Oh, I like it. So, we like a vocabulary, a nice, strong one, too. Hey, that's, look, that's a Scrabble 60 right there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Just B-N-T-I right now, just throwing in words, just big-ass words for no reason. Um, you could have said it's not as loud, but I like it. I know what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you. This so, been I, I want to record indoors, but I also want to be safe about it because y'all y'all ain't safe down there. So, um, no, we're not. So I don't know why you would come down here to do that. Well, I want to I want to do indoors, and I know that uh, the way New York is running, we ain't gonna be indoors nowhere, no time soon. So it gives me a little time to work on it, but I feel like I want it to be done before the election. So. Well, you know, we'd love to see it. So I won't be there. I'm not going inside <laughs> with the nasty people. Okay, you catch me outside. What shows do you have this week? And by this week, I mean next week. I have a show on September 11th, so in Hapeville. Y'all, y'all better not forget it. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's that's about that's about it. I have a show tonight, but you know it'll be done. This won't yeah. be out by tonight. So I mean, I'll let you. I'll let you guys know what you can do is go to my Instagram, mm-hmm. and in the Instagram, I have a link tree to some stuff that I've done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and little videos, and snippets, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, things. Chris laughs. K R Y S L A U G H S. For me this week, um, 
I have a show at Marcus Garvey Park on September 3rd. It's going to be a really great lineup. September 4th, I am uh, hosting a show, I do believe, at the Tiny Cupboard in Brooklyn. And then September 5th, I'm hosting another show at the Tiny Cupboard in Brooklyn. So uh, I'll be around. And then if, any, if I have any other shows next week, I'll definitely post it up on my Instagram that you guys can follow, at this guy Drex. So, uh, yeah. Any final words, Crystal? It wasn't a light note. We were just telling people where to find us. All right. Let's, let's end on a light note. What is, oh, it's raining so beautifully out here today. Mm-hmm. It is really nice. All right. Uh, what, what gives you hope about the next week? How about that? A nice little light, light note. Um, what, what gives you hope? about the next week? <laughs> um, if it's not pouring down raining, um, I have a few really good uh, opportunities coming my way that I can't really talk about yet. But maybe maybe they're, they're coming. So we'll see. That's, that's what okay. I'm hoping for next week. And also, uh, I applied for an SBA loan because I'm almost out of money. So if I get that, it'll roll in next week. What about you? Okay. Um, you know, I hope I get to go to a pool if it stops raining. Um, I've been in the pool in a while, definitely a water sign. I like to be immersed in water and I kind of feel like I'm crawling out of my skin right now because I haven't been in water quite some time. And while I do enjoy the occasional bath, that is not a pool or ocean. So I would very much like to dive into some water with my head underneath it and just be happy. So if it stops raining sometime soon, um, cause I usually fucks with the rain heavy, mm-hmm. but I had plans to be at somebody's fucking pool this week. You, so, you never swim in the rain? Do I want to die? You ain't never, look, you ain't never lived until- I've, I've, sw- I've swam in the rain like it had just started happening. Like we was already at the function, right? And it was dark. But by that time, I, uh, I had been in the pool for about six hours. We was already headed out. So it wasn't like I swam in the rain. I was in the pool as the rain came down. And I said, you know what? Let me go ahead, trot myself on out this pool. Mm. And he'd hoe up out of here. I got, I got to, I, I went to a pool and it rained maybe like an hour in. And I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. I, like you hop into the water and you just cover it in wet. You hop out of the water, it's more wet. You just enjoy yourself. It was a good time. But I wouldn't do it in a thunderstorm, no. But like rain, I do rain. That's fine. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll try it out one day. Yeah. All right, girl. Uh, We're going to wrap it up. But we will be back next week with some fun topics. We always keep it real. And we always keep it random. So, Crystal, it's good seeing you, girl. And listeners, we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.